Welcome back. We are continuing in our discussion on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I've been trying to think about this sermon over and over and over again as uh, what Jesus is calling us to in living in community together uh, as Jesus imagines what the world should be like uh, as God made it perfect. He's calling a group of people forward to be his followers, to uh, to to be a community of the kingdom here and now in this world that is corrupt in need of reconciliation. Uh, the world presents a certain kind of ethic. The world uh, presents a certain kind of way of doing things. And uh, the church has tended to live on the same paradigm as the world, but be a little bit better than the world. And what Jesus actually calls us to is to move beyond the paradigm of the world and to live on a wholly different paradigm. So from the world's point of view, Jesus's words don't make sense. His teachings are irrational. Uh, but Jesus says, I have a whole new way of doing things. And in doing this and living this out, you're going to be salt and light. So as salt and light, you're going to live by a different ethic. You're going to um, have a different uh, sexual ethic in how you live. Your, uh, your yes is going to be yes. Your no is going to be no. You're going to have a certain integrity that the world just doesn't even understand. Uh, you're not going to talk bad about people. You're going to be peacemakers uh, from the very heart of who you are. You're not going to be people who assume certain narratives about others, but you're going to look at them with compassion and kindness. And you're going to uh, refrain from anger uh, that drives you to uh, dehumanize others. You're going you're gonna to be a people who refrain from name-calling uh, because name-calling is at the heart of dehumanizing groups of people in a way that makes them less than. And, and so Jesus calls into uh, existence a community of people who are going to Look at the law and get to the heart of the law and fulfill the law in such a way that their lives look drastically different than the world around them. And so I, I'm trying to use different imagery, uh, different ways of talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, a few weeks ago in my sermon, I talked about how uh, science fiction presents a world that could be in terms of technology and and it's interesting to look back over history um, of literature and, and how science fiction has brought us credit cards. It's brought us flight. It's brought us um, communication through, uh, through phones and watches and uh, translation devices. All kinds of stuff has been presented through, through sci-fi, through science fiction. But Jesus, uh, it's almost as though he's calling us to a type of social fiction that we, uh, we desperately need a kind of social fiction uh, that says, what could the world be like if we lived into it? And so um, this week I'm, I've been playing with this idea of um, Jesus is painting a picture and we've got this giant puzzle that we're putting together and it may not always make sense to us it may not always be clear as we put little pieces together here and there but we're looking at the picture on the box and saying okay these two things fit I don't see the picture yet but I'm gonna keep working towards it And he's painting this picture um, of the kingdom 
that makes no sense to the world. And we live in a world that is all about lying. Um, not, you know, our politicians, it's interesting to me how, you know, political cycle after political cycle, they make all these promises and, and, and they make promises that you know they can't come good on, but we, we enjoy the promises they make. And so we vote for this candidate or that candidate. And then, you know, a candidate we don't like comes along and they make promises that, that infuriate us and we but we know that they can't come true on those promises and uh, but but we just we live in a world of of lies and oaths that aren't kept and promises that aren't met and and you know it's easy to point the finger at the politicians for doing this but the reality is we we struggle with it too um that on a, a basic level uh, we struggle to tell the truth to to uh, use integrity, and and you know you hear story after story, and we laugh at this because uh, you know we we get one up on uh, law enforcement. You know when people uh, are speeding, they'll, they'll they'll make up a story about why they needed to go fast, and and the truth is, I just don't want to drive the speed limit. I like driving fast, and if you tell the officer that, um, you're going to get a ticket. Very rarely is the officer going to say, uh, well, you know, I appreciate your honesty. Here's a warning. There's one time in my childhood that um, we had a school assembly where everybody was acting up. Everybody was talking. Our, and our, teacher, our teachers are gone for, I don't know if they had some sort of meeting or something, but none of the teachers were in there. They had you know, visitor or, uh, volunteers in there. Anyways, we, we come back to school. I think I was like in the second grade. And our teacher said, okay, who of you were acting up uh, yesterday in the assembly? Who, who was talking? And I admitted to it because I was. It, it may be hard for you to imagine, but I was a talkative child. Um, and I admitted to being disruptive and talking. And I, from my memory, no one else admitted to this in the classroom. Um, the next day we had recess for like a significantly long time. And my punishment was I had to miss recess and I had to sit on a bench and watch everyone else play. Uh, everyone else who I know for a fact were acting up in the assembly, but didn't admit to it. And in that moment as a second grader, I, I was actually taught that it's better to lie and be rewarded than to tell the truth and receive the punishment. Uh, you know, I've I've tried throughout my life to to not live up to that. I, I've tried to be a person who tells the truth, but there have been different points in my life where, you know, the easy road was to you know not share all the information or to keep my mouth shut, uh, and that's the struggle because honestly, it's just the water we swim in. And Jesus says, uh, you should you should. Be a person of integrity always. When I was a professor, I taught a uh, intro to youth ministry class, and I would give a quiz every at the beginning of every class to make sure they're doing their reading. And I was giving them readings that would help them uh, form the heart of Christ for ministry and to to love the church. And these are pretty simple readings, to be honest. But I started realizing they were actually cheating on their quiz whenever I would step out to get a cup of coffee. 
And so I confronted the class. And it was interesting the way the different people responded. And I don't really want to get into all that, but but the this fact of the matter is these are ministry majors. They were they're the people, the men and women who are going to be going into our churches and uh, teaching our young people to follow Jesus. And they're cheating on a ministry quiz. And I remember one of my professors in college, he would he would give us quizzes and say, I'm not going to watch you to see if you're cheating, but, you know, don't go to hell over one of my quizzes. And it was always like, man, that, that was a little harsh. But, uh, you know, his point is, uh, and his way of saying it is, be, be a person of integrity. Um, this is a struggle. There There's research and statistics showing that, it's not that everyone cheats all the time in college, but everyone, uh, for the most part, says they're okay with cheating. And this isn't just college students. We've got a whole society of corporations that lie to us about uh, their products and what they'll do to our bodies. And our... Anyways, I, I could go on and on and on about the lack of integrity. And Jesus says, um, you as salt and light in this world, you're going to be people who are completely different. And so he says this, he says, again, I say, uh, again, you have heard that it is said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows that you have made. But I tell you, do not swear on oath at all, neither by heaven or by God's throne or the earth or the footstool or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot even um, make one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And, and Jesus is, uh, again, you know, I've said this with every section, we need to be careful not to become legalistic about what he's saying. There are people who have used this passage to say that they can't, uh, take an oath in court or you know swear on the Bible. Um, and that's not actually the issue. I mean, the issue is this is not a game of manipulation that um, you have something greater to swear by than someone else. And as if you need that, you know, Jesus is saying that you should be so well known as a community of integrity that when people hear the words of those who call themselves Christian, they know that their word is good. Uh, you know, we have reputations for lots of things as Christians. And, and so it's not always assumed that we're going to be truthful. And that should trouble us. Um, so Jesus is advocating for deep levels of integrity. And he's painting this picture of a community that one day... Um, would be seen as in a community of integrity. That when they show up and say, we're going to do a job, and they go, oh, so you're a Christian. Okay, I, I can leave my house to go do some stuff because I know that you're not going to rob me blind. Uh, I know you're not going to lie on, on the job you've done. I, I know that you're going to do what you say because you are a person who follows Christ, that in the way that you show your integrity, it reflects on the image of Christ in this world. Uh, there, are, there are Christians that have brought others to Christ. Uh, they've brought their accountant to Christ because they're so honest and truthful with how they filed their taxes, um, because integrity matters. 
this is this is such an interesting uh, topic because we don't I don't think we realize how much we lie and I'm I'm talking to myself here too. Uh, so as you go throughout your week, I, I want you to take some moment, uh, take a moment each day or maybe even twice a day. Do this at lunch and look over the first part of your day. Uh, take stock of the things you said. You know, did you inflate your stories that you told others? Um, did you rationalize your actions when, uh, when you should have just apologized? You know, did you try to make things look okay when they just weren't? Uh, did you make empty promises? What, you know, there are other questions that you can reflect on here, but, but have, a, have some questions about yourself and say, okay, now if I just straight up lied to someone, do I need to go um, fix that? Um, what does it look like to say less throughout the day? You know, this passage presents an old ethical question uh, that, that I think is worth wrestling with. Um, is it ever okay for Christians to lie? Is it ever okay for a Christian to not tell the truth? And to answer this question honestly, you must draw close to the heart of Jesus. Um, there is a time where the teachings of Jesus rub against each other and you then have to make ethical decisions. And this is where this is about heart transformation, that the more your heart is transformed into the likeness of Christ and your heart beats with the heartbeat of Jesus, uh, that you don't have to stop and ponder these things. So Jesus tells us to love our neighbors. And is there ever a time where telling the truth might bring harm to your neighbor? So there's the old uh, ethical question of, you have Jews hiding in your attic, and a Nazi knocks at the door. And then they ask you the question that, that you were hoping they wouldn't ask. And they say, have you seen any Jews? And so in, a, in an attempt not to lie, you simply, um, but you also want to love your neighbor, you simply respond, uh, next question, please, which raises suspicion. So to... To lie to them and say, no, no Jews here, haven't seen a Jew. What's a Jew? I don't know what a Jew is. Um, yeah, you're, you're now a liar. Which is more important, loving your neighbor and protecting those that you know are going to be murdered? Or being a person of integrity? Um, these are things that I, I think Jesus isn't calling us to be legalistic but to work on heart transformation in such a way that as our heart beats with the heart of Jesus, um, our natural response is to love others. And, and one of the things I keep coming back to in the Sermon on the Mount is, is love is the ultimate ethic that drives Jesus's teachings. Um, love for enemy. What, how do you speak out of love for enemy? and bring transformation and reconciliation. And so Jesus' teachings uh, throughout Matthew chapter 5 comes from an ethic of love. And so I wonder if we can go a step further uh, in the Sermon on the Mount here on this, on this teaching on integrity. 
and say, what does it look like to speak only what love requires? Uh, that means we're going to tell the truth, uh, but we're going to tell the truth simply. Uh, we're not going to tell the truth in a way that makes us a jerk. Because um, I hear a lot of people do this. They'll be like, oh, I'm just speaking the truth. And it's like, yeah, well, you're also a jerk. <laughs> um, but what, is, what does love require of us in our speech? So maybe that's a question we wrestle with. Um, you know, go, go half a day and say, did I speak what love required? And I, when I've done this in the past, a few, only a few times, because it's really annoying to do, honestly. Um, but when I've done this in the past, I found myself just throughout the day saying, did love require that? Uh, but Jesus calls us to a level of transformation, not, not legalistic uh, following, but to say, what does it look like to have a heart that beats with the heart of Jesus, that when we speak our simple yes is enough, that we become such a people that, that when we speak, people just know that the truth is flowing from us. And they don't have to question our motives. They don't have to question whether or not we're trying to seek power or position over other people. But they just know that even to our detriment, we're going to say yes and we're going to say no as truthfully as we can. Let's go and live the sermon together this week.